Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison, and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you were always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. Thank you so much for showing up today for our second episode, or my second episode. So, like I said in the previous episode, that my goal was to have this podcast out in mid-January. It is now March. So, (laughs) one of the episodes that I did want to talk about, touch base on, was the whole new year, new me thing. And it seemed a lot, much more relevant when it was January. But I've realized that a majority of people have gone to the gym, have fallen off, and now spring break, summertime, warmer weather, actually I believe this weekend the clocks are changing. So spring forward, so that means it's gonna be lighter later. And now people are trying to kind of get back into their workout routine. So now they're gearing up a little bit when it starts to get lighter, it starts to get warmer. You know, that's when people kind of start to kick in and then vacation time is coming and bathing suit time. So we're kind of coming into that arena again of, okay, people are worrying about their fitness where they probably have fallen off in the colder months and, you know, shortly after. So um, I've done the whole new year, new me thing. And depending on your outlook, it can be good or a very disappointing encounter. So I did a little research and close to 50% of people stop going to the gym um, within like the first three weeks. And I've been doing a lot of discovery calls lately. And there were some things that keep coming up. And a lot of people, a lot of women, especially the things that they really are looking into is like eating better, but they say, I eat healthy. They want to tone their time. Um, They think cardio is just going to give them the optimal results and body that they want. But they realize like I had a discovery call with a client and she was like, oh, you know, I run five miles a day. But again, using the word tone, which I have my whole, my own opinion of that word. She goes, but I'm not seeing really what I want to see. And I always sometimes ask people to give me pictures almost because we have this idea in our head. And usually there's someone who has something that we want. So I go, and a lot of times it's usually a picture of someone with like a more toned, I hate to use, but like muscular body, but it's lower body fat with more lean muscle But women equate that to, oh, I need to be toned. I should run five days a week and I'm going to get to look like that. And I go, no, running is excellent for your heart. It's enjoyable. I enjoy a good run. It definitely helps my mental. But if you're looking to have lean muscle mass and lower your body fat percentage, and you're looking for a composition change, well, then that's going to come from a weight training program. And no, you do not have to train like a bodybuilder. You need to figure out what is accessible for you, what is doable for you, and most importantly, what you will consistently do. I tell people that is the biggest thing. What are you actually going to show up for? And what are you going to enjoy when you do it? Now, granted, you're not going to like every workout. And one of the things I hear from a lot of my clients is, oh my God, I hate this move, you know, 
hate lunges or hate push-ups, but they know it makes them stronger. And they also know by working with a coach that there's no way they're going to get around it. Whereas if they might, if they were working out by themselves, then yeah, they might get around it. Oh, I was going to do 12 push-ups. I'm going to do five because I hate push-ups. So that's just one of those things that I hear a lot about. People also ask, what is the best time to work out is another question that I get on my discovery calls. And I say, whenever you are actually, again, going to do it, they go, well, is morning better? I go, are you a morning person? They go, well, evening better? I was like, are you a late night person? People just want such definitive answers. And everyone is different. Everyone is an individual. So it's very hard to have concrete definitive answers because we're different. And I tell people the only concrete definitive answers that I can give you that should go straight across the board, no matter your sex, your race, your religion, your body type, anything like that, you need to move point blank period. There's not one person on this earth where movement in some way, shape or form cannot benefit them. You need to eat whole foods, Foods that are natural and minimally processed have the best outcomes for your body. Now, is that saying you should throw away your Oreos? No, I love a good Oreo. But a majority of your food should be fresh and it should be natural foods, not something that could sit on and has a shelf life of three years. So that's something else we need to think about. Now, unless something is vacuum packed or canned, that's a different story or, or, you know, fresh fruit or fresh vegetables that are frozen. Again, that's a different story. But if you have, you know, potatoes that are in a package that have a three-year shelf life, well, then those potatoes have absolutely no nutritional value for you because potatoes shouldn't have a three-year shelf life. Again, unless they are frozen, canned, or jarred at their at their peak of freshness. And every, so those are my things. Everyone needs to move. Everyone needs to eat well. And everyone needs hydration. And you'll have people have their own opinions about this, but I do think water is your best hydrating factor. Now, again, if you're an athlete, then yes, you need potassium, you need carbs, you're going to need your sodium. But for the regular, degular, you know, recreational workout person and or athlete, start with water. And depending on the intensity of your workouts and what you are doing is when we start adding in those fancy drinks. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I went for a 45 minute run. I need a Gatorade. And I'm like, um, well, was it super hot outside? You know, in the dead of winter, you're not really going to need a Gatorade. But if you are in, you know, a very dry, hot climate, then of course that might happen. So again, everything is individualized. Everything is pertaining to you. And I say there wouldn't be so many diets, food trends, workouts out there if we all just didn't needed something different. The reason is we have to figure out what works best for our own body. From when it comes to eating, you know, people's GI tracts are different. Some things that have absolutely no bearing on me, they don't bother me, I can eat them. I know other people who it will give them immense amount of pain, they wouldn't be able to work out or like live a daily life with that food. So it's very important to really figure out what works best for you, what's sustainable for you, and how you can implement those healthy lifestyles and choices a good 75, 80% of the time. Even I fall off. There are some days I'm just like, yes, yeah, screw it. I'm tired. 
this past weekend, um, I have a week break right now from school. And on Saturday, I went out for brunch with my love and, you know, had some mimosas. And Sunday, I didn't even leave the house, like didn't leave the house almost. I think I ordered every meal and I just sat all day. You know, was that the best for me? It was best for my mental. Yes, it was. It was the perfect thing for my mental. So sometimes we need it, but let's try for 75 to 80% of the time. We're being conscious about our choices. All right. So what happens when you do fall off from your workout, which again, we see a lot, especially with the new year, new me folks or the people who are now trying to gear up because summertime fly is about to happen. And failing is a part of the process. Even coaches, trainers fail. They fail. We get injured. We have breakdowns ourselves. Sometimes we just don't feel like it. The only thing is we kind of can't not feel like it because we need to motivate others. But failing and falling is part of the process. So not every workout is going to be your best workout. Not every week you're going to be at your peak and your optimal. But the point about it is showing up. And one of the things I tell my clients is, You don't fail when you show up, even if it's not that great. If you show up, you didn't fail. And and again, something we just spoke about too is a lot of people, when they first try and start workouts, they go in hard. They're like six days a week, six days a week for one hour. And I'm like, you're not going to do that because I can barely do that. And I'm in the business. How are you going to do that? You know, again, this is different if you were training for a triathlon, a marathon, a you know, a physique or bikini competition, if you're training for something very specific, then okay, yes, five to six days a week. But if you were just a, you know, again, recreational athlete, just trying to get healthy, six days a week, I personally think is unrealistic. Because also one, if you miss a day or you fall off for two days, you are going to feel like crap. And you're going to be like, no. And then that, again, is going to force you to fail even more because you're going to be like, well, this whole last week was horrible. I wasn't able to do six days. Then this week, I know I can't do six days. So I might as well just do no days. And that's how people fall off. So one of the biggest things I tell my client is what is your what would you be so happy with? They're like, oh, I'd love to work out five, six days a week. I go, perfect. Let's aim for three to four. Three, you're going to be happy. Four, you will be really happy. But if you only get to three, three is good. And they're like, okay, make it more palatable, adjust your expectations. And that's a really hard thing for people to do because they are just like, I'm going to hit the ground running on fire. I'm amazing. Yes, you are. But let's be realistic. Life happens life straight up happens. And there are just some things that are out out of our control, hence, you know, the pandemic out of everybody's control. So we need to pivot and we need to move. So you get three workouts in, awesome, but you get four in, that's amazing. And just living with those adjustments and making it accessible to your brain that if you miss one, it's okay. And Tell if you are working with a coach or something, one of the biggest things I see with people falling off is tell your coach if it's not working for you or you said, well, I can definitely do one hour, three days a week. And all of a sudden you realize I cannot do one hour, three days a week. Your workouts can only be 45 minutes or you're like, I have one of those days that can only be a half an hour. Honesty will help you to get further. That's one of the things with my client. I have clients who 
I see them in person and then they also have their online coaching. I don't really make them more than 45 minutes because I've noticed throughout the years it's like past that 45 minute mark, the other things are not getting accomplished. It's like, oh, I had a call or, you know, I did the workout when my daughter was at ballet and I had to go get her. So I only had 45 minutes or someone, again, they had to be in a Zoom meeting or something to that extent. So be honest, be honest with yourself and be honest with your coach, because then adjustments can be made that you're still getting results. So those are some of the things when people fall off failing and not wanting to get back up, realizing that there needs to be adjustments to their perspective on time and how much time they can work out. And also, again, that honesty, be honest. And another thing I notice with people when falling off is they feel like they should be in pain. They think pain and soreness equates to a good workout. And I have this conversation so much with my friends and colleagues who are in the business associating pain with a solid workout. And I used to do that in the past. Sometimes I still do it, but there's a difference between like, you can't get up the stairs and you can't sit in a chair on the toilet. Like that means you took your muscles too far. If you have to, you literally can't move, you can't do anything, then that probably means that some portion of that workout was a little too intense for you. We want to always work within percentages of our maxes. So kind of thinking, if you think about a bodybuilder, a power lifter, and you hear the term one rep max, that is the max amount of load you can do for one repetition. All right, well, power lifters, bodybuilders, they don't hit that number every workout. So if someone's max squat is 200 pounds, every workout, they are not doing 200 pounds. Now, again, if they can only do one rep at 200, they are not going into workout every single session doing 200 pounds. They work within percentages of that max. So they, yes, you'll feel a good workout. You might have a little tenderness, but you should not leave every workout feeling like you were basically drilled into the ground. We work within percentages of our max rates, even when it comes to running and it comes to, I teach a class where I coach people in running. And one of the things I tell people is not every day is going to be a max day. You're not going to hit your personal best. You're not going to hit a personal record every single time you walk into my class. That is not your goal every day. There are classes that are set up for you to achieve those goals. But what I need you to do is build off of your consistency and build on being in a percentage of your per- of a personal record. So if a personal record for you is 10 miles per hour for 30 seconds, all right, every class, we're not hitting that 10 unless you can consistently do it multiple times. But if you only have one in the tank to get that 10 miles per hour at 30 seconds in, then we're going to work at like 9.5 for a minute. We build on things. So that's one of the the hardest things I think is getting people to understand, especially when I first work with them and going through an assessment with them. They're like, oh, I know I can do this much weight. I know, but I'm like, can you do it well? And can you do it multiple times? And can you do it with good form? And it generally, it's no, no, and no. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to pull back. And that's also mentally challenging for people to have to pull back because they think you're saying, well, 
you think they're less or that they can't do something. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to set you up. So sometimes we have to set back to set up, to set forward, to progress. And that is the mindset behind that is one of the biggest things that I try and get clients to understand. And it is really just one of those mental battle of the wills and building trust. Biggest thing, building trust with that. And um, so that is my spiel on about four things of the reasons that people fall off. And yeah, moving on. So if you are planning to kind of try and go back into your fitness, if you have fallen off, if you haven't, good for you. If you are someone who took the time to get a coach, pace yourself, and you are still on track, you are in route, and you're holding steady, good for you. This podcast is still for you, but congratulations. That's awesome. So I am actually training a client right now and doing her assessment the other day. And she basically um, had a few injuries. So we discussed them and I was like, all right, well, we can go a little deeper during your assessment, doing an overhead squat assessment. And when we were there, she was like, you're like an investigator. And I thought that was the perfect way to describe what fitness is as far as making sure you're giving safe and effective workouts. And you're also being able to see where your client is, where their baseline is. It's literally investigating. So, you know, we give them a standard set of movements. And then when we see alterations or deviations in those movements, then we have to set out on an investigative path and figure out what is the best way to help and serve our client. And if your coach is not doing that, if you just have someone who throws you in the ring and is like, okay, we're going to squat, we're going to push up, we're going to we're going to do all these moves. Mm-mm. Not, not someone you want to be working with. No offense to anybody. I'm not saying that they're a bad person, but I would probably say 80% of the people I have worked with in some way, shape, or form, have an injury or have had a surgery that has caused something that needs to be dealt with or is a priority in the lengthening and mobilization and activation of a workout. Very rarely have I come across someone who is just peachy keen jelly bean. Like usually even coming from myself, you know, working with other coaches, like almost every single coach that I work with has had an injury or has some sort of imbalance that is a priority that needs to be addressed before a workout with a proper warm up. And so, yeah, so if someone just tries to throw you in the ring and like, okay, this is our workout today, you know, as soon as you meet them, that's generally not someone. And again, I'm not saying they're a bad trainer, but that is something you want to be conscious of. Like, are you putting me through an assessment to see where I am? Uh, I think I'm going to go on to that a little bit more in depth on another podcast and like how to pick a coach and or personal trainer that's going to work best for you and your needs and some of the questions you should be asking them. So going on to talking more about today, I'm kind of rambling. So sorry about that. Um, In, you know, the new year, new me picking something that works for you. Remember that picking something that works for you is going to take time. Sometimes we can pick something or go a route and realize it's not working for your body type. It's not working as far as a workout or even when it comes to, you know, tons of people love to do these nutrition plans or these meal prep services and realize that it doesn't work for them. Story, 
I have these two friends and one friend, this was a couple years ago, did Whole30, um, the, you know, diet plan, nutrition plan or whatever. And she lost, I want to say 20 pounds. And the other friend was like, oh my God, Erica, and Erica is not her real name. I'm just going to make up names for this. She goes, Erica lost 20 pounds doing Whole30. So I'm totally going to do this too. Fantastic. And then I called Megan the other day. Again, these are fictitious names. It's not Erica and Megan. So Megan did Whole30. And I think like a month or a couple months to six weeks later, I asked her, I was like, oh, you were doing Whole30. You know, how was it? And she goes, I lost two pounds, but yet Erica lost 20. And that has a big thing to do with lifestyle. We are all different. And from us being all different, we need to take that into account when we want to follow a certain workout plan or look at someone and their success in doing something. So Whole30 worked for one of my friends and for the other friend, it didn't work for her. And it might not be that it didn't necessarily work for her, but it could have, she maybe didn't give it enough time and also didn't account for the difference in their lifestyles, what one does for a living as opposed to what the other does for a living, what one does on her time off or days off on weekends as opposed to the other. So I think that's something we really have to try and help people understand. And that's something that I try and help my clients understand is that you are an individual and you can't just look at someone on Instagram or one of your friends or something like that and assume because it worked for someone, it's going to work for you. And I think that is a huge marketing tool that is honestly used that if it works for her, then it, then it's going to completely work for you. And I'm not saying that it can't work for you, but we all need to know that there are adjustments that need to be made because again, lifestyle, you know, how you eat, how you sleep, how you hydrate, the stress in your life. We all go through different things. But like I said in the beginning of this podcast, the one thing that I can say that every single person needs to do is move. You need to move your body. And from there, proper form, proper form is such a big thing. I notice it so much at the gym when I see people working out and they're, I can see the effort and I can see the intention and the determination, but unfortunately the form is trash. And I'm like, you are not going to get the results that you are looking for with that really badly done lunge. Um, I'm not judging people at the gym, but just as a personal trainer, I like to look and see if I see consistent things happening in the gym, especially with women. I'm like, there was something the other day where I noticed women in the gym who were lifting heavier, they were squatting. It was awesome. And I've seen this a few times, but I'm noticing range of motion is not there that I see this a few times, like women are racking weights, but they shouldn't be going heavier at a certain point because their range of motion and the depth of their squat keeps getting less and less and less. And, you know, they are more concerned without making sure they hit numbers. But if you're not doing the move properly, you're not really hitting the numbers. Same thing with the people I coach uh, in treadmill work. I'm like, you need to have some gradient, which is the incline on there. Because if you're here running on this treadmill with no gradient, when you go outside, it's going to be a rude awakening for you. So always make sure you put a little gradient on there so we're mimicking more of an outdoor run as opposed to making it slightly easier on the treadmill. And I'm not saying that running at speed isn't 
challenging, but when you're outside, you are running against the ground. When you're on a treadmill, the belt is running with you. So we need to try and mimic that intensity of an outdoor run as much as we can. And that's by adding some incline, which people hate, hate to do because they feel it makes them run slower. And I'm like, well, when you go outside, you're not going to run as fast because there is gradient under you, the ground changes, it goes from cement to asphalt to dirt or wherever you're running. So we need to make sure you are ready and prepared for whatever life has to bring at you when you are running in a race or running at higher altitudes or running up hills and things to that nature. So that's the point of this podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to coming back next week and bringing you more content, being more consistent. Again, I am a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to my business. So I'm like, if I can't do everything perfect, then I'm not going to do it at all. And I've realized I have to get over that. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try my best. And I'm going to let being consistent drive me more than perfection. So thank you so much for coming today. And that is what I want our my leaving remark for you to be is to be consistent over perfection, but always try to progress and do your best. So enjoy the rest of your day. And yeah, I'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.